Hello, everybody, from Cornerstone's headquarters in downtown Scottsdale. This is another episode of Cornerstone's Plugged In. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest here. Now, at Cornerstone, around these halls and across the country, we have 140 smart team members who cover every area of banking, M&A and, and technology and lending. But my guest here always says to us, it's all about payments. Right? That's right. It's all about payments. This is our guest, uh, Managing Director Brandy Ge Gregory from Cornerstone Advisors. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here from beautiful Ohio. You know, we love to have guests outside the firm, but this topic is so important. We had to get you unplugged in right now because there's a lot to talk about with banks and credit unions about payments. And especially as we're looking into next year for planning, for budgeting, for what do we have to work on competitively. So thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks. You're everywhere, right? You go to all kinds of uh, conferences. You're talking to the Visas, the MasterCards, the Pfizer's all day long. Uh, what are you hearing out, out there? Just overall, what's the chatter? Un uncertainty. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the number one thing is uncertainty, but everyone keeps saying, oh, when we get on the other side of the pandemic, right, we are on the other side of the pandemic because I'm here, which means I got to travel and leave my house and I'm here. So what do, what do we need to do? But there's been a lot of headlines in the last two weeks, right? I mean, it's the end of October. There's been a lot of headlines in October around payments. Let's so. dig into some of those. And at Cornerstone, we love rock and roll music. And uh, so we're going to have a little themes here. So I'm going to give you a song quote. And it's going to tip off what I want to talk about, Brandy. First one, the best things in life are free, but you can save it for the birds and bees. I want money. Now, you've been across the industry in the past few weeks talking about Reg II, and, and we understand this affects our bankers and our credit unions' money. What's going on with Reg II? Yeah. So, I mean, even, even as we're talking about the news, right? So Visa came out this week and actually said Visa will have no impact to income from this change, mm -hmm. which is a head scratcher. But if we dial back 10 years and we think about the impact Visa experienced from Durban 1.0, uh, they they lost about 68% of their volume on day one and they got it back. Let's just hypothetically say day two. So from Visa's perspective, they're going to get this figured out before their fiscal ends. So their fiscal year started October 1st of this year. This impact theoretically goes into effect July 1st and their fiscal doesn't end until the next September, right? So whatever happens July 1st, they're going to get figured out and they're not probably worried about what their financials look like. Mm -hmm. So, but Tony DeSantis and I have been talking about this, Steve, and I, I don't have the magic globe, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone keeps asking me, Brandy, what do I budget for yeah. this? Everyone's situation is different. It's going right. to depend on what networks you're with. Uh, but we're happy to talk to people about that because so right now we've coined it sad math. We're happy to help you figure out your sad math. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the math that kind of that you want to kind of have in the back of your mind. For some issuers, it's 9%. Mm -hmm. For some issuers, it could be 30%. It right. just depends right. on what your spend mix is, how your cardholders act, what other products you have surrounding it. I was talking to an issuer today, Steve. They still do debit rewards. Right. And I they showed me their sad math. And I said, and July 1st, you'll be ending your debit rewards right. because you can't afford it anymore. So in a nutshell, for execs who don't spend all day long in payments, Red Guy really is about card not present transactions, me on Amazon, buying heavy metal t-shirts. Um, it's it's about the fact that, that, that a second network will be there and that tends to compress price when 
you can route through not one, but two networks. Is that that how you would tell it to an exec who doesn't live in payments all day long? Yes, but also increase fraud. Okay. So that's the kind of the second hat trick to this is that I'm going to take away your income because I'm going to route it cheaper. And then I'm going to take away all your chargeback rights because theoretically it's safer. Gotcha. And the word theoretical is intentional because it's not safer. Right. As I I recall you in your articles and your webinar and your town hall is I don't put a pin in online for card not present, even though that's how it routes. So I'm getting the reduced margin, but I'm not getting the protection. Correct. Okay. So what are bankers and credit unions? What They're doing their sad math. Uh, what's the reaction going to be when you have sad math and you say, I got to replace this money that I talked about? What, what, it, what are replacement strategies going to look like in the next few years? Yeah. So we just started to dig into this a little bit. We had an article, Glenn put an article out today in Gonzo Banker and it's, you know, credit unions, I think, are doing this better potentially than banks. Bank of America has done it, mm-hmm. but it's the relationship rewards. You're going to need to look across your entire ecosystem of how you reward your customer mm-hmm. to get the loyalty because you could have 5% loss of income from this kind of gradual. And then over time, it potentially is going to ramp up. So so it's not like, oh, I fix it. You know, I, I right. plugged the hole today. I'm good for tomorrow. The hole's just going to keep getting bigger, right? Right. So your hole may start pinhole and then it's going to keep growing. So you have to have a secondary way to offset that gradual loss. And I think that's going to be loyalty and relationship, right? Now, again, I just said you're going to get rid of debit rewards, which you are. You need to find ways, other ways to reward people across your ecosystem, right? right? Is it auto loans? Is it lending? Whatever it is, make them want to give you all of their business so that you can start to replace that income. So you can't just manage loyalty at the product level. It's the relationship level. Right. And I think another point there, Brandy, is deposits have not been the bastion of competition. Rates have been low. No one's been competing on rate. Now we're going to need deposit funding in the years ahead. So it used to be like, I don't care about balances. Let's just have the transactions I think you're going to see some of those rewards also look at balances and yeah. and other engagement. Well, and I mean, have they recovered yet from overdraft loss? Right. Right. So I I think it's if you if you figured out how to tackle loss mm-hmm. of overdraft income, mm-hmm. then maybe you already have the right strategies in place to absorb this. But I haven't met anyone that's overcome the overdraft loss yet. Right. Exactly. So I remember uh, back in the 80s, a great movie. I loved uh, The Breakfast Club. So my, my song lyric here, Brandy, is don't you forget about me. I'll be alone dancing. You know it, baby. Um, Tony DeSanctis, your colleague in the, in the Cornerstones Payments Group, has shared a lot of data showing that uh, payments wallets are growing. So first it was card not present. Let me put in my card number or let me just auto save that data. Now it's I'm going to use Apple Pay. I'm going to use Shop. I'm going to use PayPal. And the numbers I've seen that you guys are sharing is that's pretty substantial, say, three years out. Uh, so it's kind of cliche for you know someone like me who's not as deep as you to say, so stay top of wallet. Bring that down to earth. What can I do to stay top of wallet? How do I make sure my my bank credit card is right there in shop or uh, Amazon or PayPal? Right. So, you know, the, the, this is one of the main reasons why I am I, I don't love when people just want to randomly flip their card brands, mm-hmm. because in today's environment, it is harder to 
it, it's easier to put a plastic in a wallet than mm-hmm. it is to put your plastic across your digital ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I got to put it in Starbucks, Netflix, right? I need to put it everywhere or I just put it in Apple Pay and use Apple Pay to pay for everything. Right. Right. But you have then then you're like, am I doing all of the right things? There's no good way to confirm that you are working with your cardholders to get it to the right place because the the vendors still are not reporting how well penetrated your cards are into those different tokenized okay. ecosystems. So, you know, one of the things I was talking to somebody, they're like, Brandy, we have no idea. We see token transactions, but we have no idea which what wallet? wallet, which wallet, okay. where it's coming from. We just know it was tokenized. So the processors need to do a better job of preparing and arming institutions, issuers with data so that they can figure this out. But you have to reward people. So I know we're saying, you know, so many folks are are reducing their branch footprint and going digital. You have to have the outbound contacts. You have to have the call campaigns. You have to be communicating in whatever way you communicate. Everybody does it different. SMS push, whatever the the communicate, do a TikTok, right? Do a TikTok right. and be like, put your card in your wallet, right? Maybe you'll get the youngsters to listen to that. If you'd like to, to hire Brandy, <laughs> operators are standing by for the TikTok uh, actress. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's what they're going to have to do. Now, on this same vein, this week, you know how you can buy an Amazon now? Venmo. Right. Here you go. You know, where are the regulators now? Venmo just comes along and makes it a closed loop transaction, completely eliminating the card networks, which is super interesting because of the PayPal involvement there. And then PayPal's relationship with some of the brands, it's all... Yeah, everybody's everybody's quietly trying to build their own closed loop of the future right. in many respects. So, but I one takeaway call to action there as much as you can work with your processors, work internally, get get as much data as you can about payments behavior. You have to understand your data. Yeah. You, that if you if you get nothing else, that's what Tony and I have been saying, if you get nothing else from the last month, please understand what your data is. And if you can't get it from your processor, ask someone for help because they have it. You just may not know how to consume it. Right. So speaking about like, where do we go with this pressure? Uh, you know, song from the seventies, taking care of business. We talk a lot about payments in terms of consumer. Um, I understand obviously that small business is, is covered by Durbin, but when we look at our clients, they, they don't have the interchange revenue in small business at near what they have in consumer, but a lot of community regional banks our commercial business focus. Is there upside, do you think, out there in banking land for small business payments growth? Yes, because people historically just put small business under regular consumer. Mm-hmm. They're both they're both impacted by Durban. So if you're over 10 billion, sure, it's impactful from an interchange perspective, but you can get the, for those that are under 10 billion, you need to get your small business out of your consumer because it's a better interchange rate. Mm-hmm. Even though the new Reg II also applies to that, it's still a better interchange right. rate. And those average tickets on small business online shopping huge. So if you took those average tickets on to a small business interchange rate, that would be a a game changer for these institutions. So again, understanding what your portfolio is and where your spend is, you may not even realize people over the years have opened small business accounts into consumer because it was sole proprietors. Okay, So you've got higher interchange sitting there because of how it's categorized and you're probably not engaging them like a small business should be engaged with maybe more services on yeah. treasury and other things. I also think what's interesting right now is if you can get 
that payments activity, we also want those core deposits now because we just saw the greatest short-term rate increase in the Fed's history over a six-month period. So now I need deposits and I also need interchange. So I think one of the calls to actions, get serious about small business uh, payment products and uh, that whole relationship right now. Well, and figuring out where to start. Like we're throwing so many things at these issuers saying, do here, go here, go here, look squirrel, right? Mm-hmm. So figuring out who can help you figure, you know, where to look, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. I've seen both of the brands. So regardless of your brand partner, I've seen both of the brands put together just killer small business campaigns Mm -hmm. to help you tear that out of your portfolio, right? Help you find those customers within your portfolio, target them, grow it, get those deposits. And it's a lower lift for the institution. Like we, we can't forget that you're paying in, you know, 23 to 30 basis points of value to these brands for your bit for your business, make them work for it. Right. Right. Put them to work for you because they have some really good tools. Yeah. And I, I think we, we probably see that happening, but for executives out there, you might not be leveraging that relationship enough. So that right. that relationship may be two levels down and we're just not pushing the envelope. So, you know, for budget time, a good gut check on are we really getting the marketing value over the branding agreements that we get and and they're getting more data oriented and segment oriented right. and persona oriented. So I mean, um, I sat in a meeting and listened to a brand present to a client who was going to tip to $10 billion next year. Mm-hmm. And they looked at the brand and said, what are you going to do to help us? Right. We, we're going to have this huge impact. What are you going to do? And we spent two hours talking about commercial. Right. So that they're ready and excited to talk about it and they want to help. But they're not salespeople, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they're not kind of t- shoving their story down your throat. Right. They're waiting for you to come to them. I don't know if that's the right answer, but just know that there's a story to be had there. Right. So maximize your relationship. No which, downside yeah. for asking. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, hey, this year, in, uh, my wife uh, took me to Vegas to see Lionel Richie. So I'm going to quote this one. Stuck on you, been a fool too long. Guess it's time for me to come on home. <laughs> And what I mean by stuck on you is processing in the payments world has really consolidated. Uh, there was a first data and, and a Pfizer, and now that's one company. There was a world pay and an FIS and under FIS, there was everything from Metavanti to uh, right? you know, e-com and stuff. Uh, so we're down to F- a big FIS, uh, Pfizer duopoly. What does that mean? Can can our banks and credit unions, regional banks, can they still transform or is that going to slow them down basically having Coke and Pepsi on the processing side? They need to go out and find the seltzer water because there <laughs> is a seltzer Where's water. the seltzer water? <laughs> the company that's not them. That's, uh-huh. not, that's not those two, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been in the business 25-ish years now. And when I started 15 plus processors, mm-hmm. there's also, there's a lot of new processor entrants. That's going to be scary for mm-hmm. banks, right? I'm not right. going to go and give all my business to the fintech card processor right. because they're potentially just there to get bought, right? So th- banks traditionally like stability and that's what Fiserv and FIS have offered. I think that there's other alternatives out there now that offer that stability where you can be more transformative. Mm-hmm. Um, both both of those companies are seeing uh sweeping changes in their organizations in the last couple of months that really is impacting service. Mm -hmm. Just know there are other alternatives where you can go and find 
um, service. You don't have to be hamstrung by that. Uh, the 10 years ago, we didn't have APIs. We didn't have open data streams. We, right. You had to be in one place. All of that's changed, right? So mm-hmm. to me, it you shouldn't, you can't, you can't blame your card processor or your core provider for holding you back right. anymore. You got to kind of get the mirror, look in it and kind of blame yourself if you're stuck in one spot and not evolving past that because you have that's options. Cool. That's that's well, and it's kind of which which risk do you want to take? I might stay with the large scale proven and do I have slow risk, obsolescence risk? And but am I willing to accept the risk of working with some of these new players, which you're going to have to have some at least know how how to manage integrations and or at least how to manage vendors doing integrations. Right. Well, and we talk about, you know, co- what did COVID force? Digital. Right. Right. So if if your core is you feel like your core is hamstringing you, but your digital isn't focus on digital, right? Mm-hmm. Get that digital account opening solid, you know, yeah. work on that cardholder self-service don't just don't feel held back. There's so many different niche things you can do to advance yourself. I think that's kind of a good closing thing is that the, the collision of mobile banking, digital self-service and payments is huge right now. And when we find that there's still a lot to finish on that roadmap. I, oh, I, yeah. It, well, it changes daily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you, you can't just you can't be steady or you're going to be gone. Yeah. And I think for next year, we're going to be fighting more for deposits and payments revenue that you know, don't starve the digital roadmap, even though, hey, we've got, you know, margin to worry about and, and expenses and we'll, we'll we have loan losses. Keep plugging away on, on the digital transformation. Well, right? And invest in that today, because over time, that's going to be a, a cheaper expense. Yeah. Right. Than yeah. opening a branch and serving yeah. a, in a branch. It's going to be a shorter term, more higher expense. But over time, it's going to be a lesser expense. Yeah.